I wanted to be like, is this the plot to Billy Elliot movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another Tag Along Podcast episode. Today is a very special episode because we have not one, but two awesome guests. Along with our good friend James Dietz, we will be discussing movements, physiology, running, and training with the one and only Peter Donahoe. Peter is an accomplished track and field athlete, as well as an Olympic bobsledder, amongst many other sports, who now shares his wealth of knowledge on the Hydro platform as the strength and movement specialist. Without further ado, Peter Donahoe and James Dietz. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Tag Along Podcast. We have a very fun episode for you all today because... It involves a few different people. First of all, first of all, we got James Dietz right here. Good to be back. If you don't know him, check out season two, episode five with Dietz. Uh, he was a runner, a rower, a cyclist, an all-around great guy. You may know him from Hydro. He's a great friend and always a good time. Um, my name is Nick Karwaski, my co-host Scott Del Vecchio, and a very special guest today for the first time, Mr. Peter Donahoe. Uh, the strength and movement specialist at Hydro, as well as an incredibly accomplished athlete in his own right. Uh, and that's actually where, where I want to kick this off. Pete, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to come on. Uh, well, thanks so much for having me. Anytime you say, let's do a podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I love it. I There's love it. There's something about your voice, right? It's very, um, <laughs> it feels like I, I just feel like I, I'm doing something right when I hear when I'm following what Pete is telling me to do. And oh, I love it. That didn't come it. from uh, nothing. That came from years and years of very particular training that you had, um, yeah. as far as uh, track and field to um, uh, bobsled to ballet to uh, rowing. Now, kind of, kind of walk us through like a little bit about how you first got into to sports um, and, and kind of oh, what that great. was all like and and where you're from and all that. Well, uh, so born and raised in Dublin, Ireland, and I lived out in a little suburb town of a, a town called Baldoyle. And then we moved from Baldoyle to a little town called Hoth, uh, which is where we're going to be, you know, next week. So um, my parents always knew that I was a bit of a hyperactive kid. And, um, you know, I set the sofa on fire in my parents' living room when I was a young lad. And my parents said, we have got to get this child into something. So the only thing that was close by, you know, I, I used to walk back and forth from school. And, but then the only sporting activity that was close by our house at the time was a dance studio. So a dance teacher uh, taught Irish step dancing and ballet. So, of course, my mom brings me down to ballet and Irish step dancing at the ripe old age of six or seven. And I do that for a few years, for about three, four years. And then I change schools and I'm in an all boys Christian brothers Catholic boys school, right? And then the kids who are trying to get to know me say, oh, what sports do you do? And I say, oh, I, I don't really do sports. And they're like, you look like you're in shape. I'm like, yeah, I just dance. And then when that came out, oh, my God. Oh, you're a sissy. You're a dancer. <laughs> and, you know, that's long before river dance was ever cool. So um, I go home to my parents and I say to my parents, I'm like, I don't want to do dance anymore. The kids at school tease me. And my father said, see, Kate, I told you. I told you the dance was going to backfire on him. So what they did was um, we had actually moved house at that time. And then there was a rugby club about two towns away. So my parents brought me to a rugby club. I'm 12 years of age. First training session, 
I don't know how to handle a rugby ball. I know how to get from point A to point B, but that's about it. So I get on the field and the rugby coach is like, Grant, you've ever played rugby? I said, no. So great, we're just doing a training session. So halfway through that training session, we're doing these sprints and I'm just running kids down, running them down. And the coach comes up to me and goes, Mr. Donahoe, how would you get to be fast like that? I said, he says, you know, what other sports have you done? I said, oh, nothing. I've, I do dance. I do Irish step dance and ballet. He goes, ah, that's grand. That'll be our little secret. So he basically <laughs> did. Let's not tell the other kids that you're a dancer. So, but he's like, but learn to catch a ball because you're going to be playing in next Saturday's uh, first rugby game. Do you so, find that like early on, like you're 12 at this point, like you had yeah. this, this body proprioception, body awareness to be able Bingo. to play these, these more yeah. and I coordinated things or, or with your, with speed and agility attached? Like, does that come do you think, from dance? So it's only years later that I really realized the source of that because you just take it for granted. You get from point A to point B, you're in rugby and out of rugby, I got an opportunity to do track. I'm like, wow, he can do high jump. He can do long jump. It's like, he's got the rhythm to jump over hurdles. Where's this kid coming from? I don't know. I just thought like, that's what all kids did. But it's not until years later when I had more train, more formal training around kinematics, physiology, uh, biomechanics and functional movement that I really, it clicked. I was like, wow, I was already doing controlled, organized um, neuromuscular movements mobility. I was developing functionality, flexibility, and strength through range of motion as a kid, not even realizing it through the movements that my hips were asked to do, the teachers asked me to do. And then that's in ballet. And then with a, when Irish step dancing was involved, there was a lot more of that dynamic, fast twitch muscle fibers, right? We got slow, we got fast twitch muscle fibers. You keep training the slow, you'll have well-trained slow, but you start to engage in firing of fast twitch muscle fibers all of a sudden you hit the ground a little quicker and you leave the ground quicker. You hit the ground before you uh, launch and high jump and you're able to um, uh, deliver more force. So now you can jump higher, you can jump longer in a long jump. And now you're able to hang on and just run faster. So I never considered myself the fastest kid in school. I definitely felt like again, years later, I was, I moved like the most organized kid on the, on the playing field. So, um, Yes, long story short, absolutely. Irish step dance, ballet made me move my body in ways that I never thought I would ever have an opportunity to. And then even rugby, uh, rugby made me move my body in other directions. So all of those things came together to, you know, launch what literally became my track and field career. You, you know, Pete, as you're, as you're talking, one of the reasons I, 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 lo I love talking shop with both, both, both you and Nick, but, but as you talk, um, it, it's, it's really interesting because not only do you have all of these experiences in movement and understand what, what it takes to be an athlete, but, and correct me if my, I'm wrong, your, your background's also in mechanical engineering. So, so really you cut the fat off of all of these these thought processes, right? Like, like, like your, yeah, yeah exactly. Efficiency. It's ultimate efficiency. Yeah. And that's what I like. It's not like you're guessing, yeah. no, the, the, the greatest yeah. lever comes from here. So why would you do it any other why way? Why would you move right? in any other way? When it's, this is it's, <laughs> and again, like you don't realize it at the time, you know? So my, my dad was a carpenter. He had a building business and he said, I want you to get into engineering. So I, I, I got into civil engineering 
And then when you get into civil engineering in Ireland, you know, you go to the Dublin Institute of Technology and then you either specialize in structural engineering or municipal, more civil. So I leaned into structural, concrete, steel, calculations, functional forms and positions, elastic loads, elastic loads, post-tensioning, uh, pre-stressed beams. I did a, my thesis was on multi-story parking garages and using a technique to tighten concrete that would make it more flexible. You guys didn't know that about me. So that, that was actually, that was my thesis. And uh, while I was doing all that, I was competing as a 110 meter high hurdler. I was running 400 meter hurdles. I was doing decathlon. And on the odd Saturday, I don't have a track meet. The rugby coach is like, can you fill in for the under 19? So I'm like, yeah, grand. And I get out there and I play rugby. And, you know, so it was, it was, um, it was extraordinary. And then again, like I said, years later, you go, oh, <laughs> there is no accident here. Was it you know? Steve Jobs always talks about how the dot, it's so easy to connect the dots going backwards, seeing how that right. all connects. So you were making so people more flexible, making buildings more flexible. Uh, and that's, when did you start in track? So um, I think I was about 15, 15 okay. years of age. And um, so I attended a particular school. So I, I got moved out of the all boys Catholic boys school because it was oh, just a miserable experience. Sorry to anybody Irish that went to that school. So I went to this uh, comprehensive co-ed school and, uh, you know, it was in, uh, it was in uh, kind of a rough area. So, you know, if you wanted to avoid get beaten up, you needed to make sure that you made the four o'clock train, you know? And so I never got beaten up because I always made that train. And uh, so um, uh, one day, I, I, this, this is a whole other, a whole other podcast here. So one day the PE teacher is looking out the cafeteria window and he sees me running for the train to avoid get beaten, getting beaten up. And the next morning he goes, Mr. Donahoe, have you ever run track athletics? You know, they call it athletics. I was like, no, I play a bit of rugby. And, you know, he goes, uh, well, listen, we have an opportunity to, to put a little team together to enter in like an, um, a, a school um, track and field meet against, you know, two or three other local schools. And he's like, you know, how about running a, a couple of events for us? I'm like, great. So I got put in the, the 200 the f and the 400. That was it, the 200 and the 400. And I thought, all right, I'm pretty quick. And, you know, and then I run the 400. By the way, I nearly died running around the 400 because you can't go out and, you know, as a 100 meter sprinter in the 400 and, and hope to hold on to your form. So that literally was my very, very first um, uh, track meet when I was about 15 and a half years of age. Pete, you must have had some big bullies. For those of you at home listening to this podcast who have never seen a, a picture of Pete Donahoe, he is not a tiny man, all right? Oh. Yeah, he stands about 6'3", 6'3", 6'4", I'm told, yeah. and, and I can, I, I, it must have been just like a, a presence when you when you were sprinting, <laughs> pushing an iron sled, you know, as a bobsledder at 235 pounds. Like, like this dude is a unit, all right? So... I, so, I don't know if you feel <laughs> bullies different in Ireland, but, but, but I, <laughs> yeah, you know what, James? Uh, so first of all, when I was 15, I was about six one, but I was a, probably about 160 soaking wet. Um, but uh, a lot of the, the thugs or the bullies were actually the unemployed brothers or brothers of some of the kids that were in school with me. So, you know, if you talk back at a kid at school, he, uh, he lets his brother know, and his 25-year-old brother who's been unemployed, 
is only looking to swing at some kid. So I, honestly, it was really terrible. So, but I avoided, I avoided. And thankfully at rugby, I got to learn to la move laterally as well. I have a question for you. Um, yes, go. I feel like you're very attentive. Like you, you've been paying attention your whole life to what you, what movements you're doing. And I think as engineers, you, uh, you, you're always trying to solve problems, right? When you were switching from sport to sport, were you confident in saying I can succeed here, or I can be potentially one of the best? Or were you just like, yeah, I'll try it, and then see, and then it just happened to to work out. There's uh, part of the Irish culture is, actually, we'll give it a go, right? That's literally what it is. That's literally in our culture. And you know, my father used to always say that. He said, if you don't try it, you never know, right? So I I learned piano. I you know studied languages. I did sport, and and it's like I did all sorts of things because I thought. Well, sure, we have to give it a go, right? We have to give it a go and see where we are. Because you'll know right away, it's like, is that something that gives me joy? Because really, Scott, at the end of the day, you know, is this something that made me happy? And it made me happy because I really enjoyed running. I loved the people that I was uh, running with. I kind of like the fact that they were like, we need you on the ankle leg. We need you at this meet. We need you in this one. We need you in the four by four. We need you in the four by one. And right. uh, kind of a good feeling when, when you're a... Um, you know, a developing young teen and you don't feel confident, uh, you know, in your own skin, but it's a, that was a place or a, an arena where you felt like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm a better version of myself when I was performing in my sport. So um, yeah, I, I hope that kind of helped answer that. So, yeah. It's great. You know, I, like, 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 as you're talking here, you know, it, it just reminds me of like, you know, what, why I appreciate all of you. I mean, like, um, like, like, I, like, I feel like a little, like a lot of people kind of, you know, force themselves into, into one sport. Right. And they can say, I was a student of, of rowing. Right. And, and here we, we found ourselves all these years later and we've all been in a boat, but, but, you know, being a, a student of sport and figuring out, you know, what, what makes a cyclist, uh, you know, competitive at the highest level, what makes a bobsledder, what makes a, a, a runner and, and, and all of these, these sports have had different amounts of, uh, you know, I mean, not only, you know, money put into them to, 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 to do research, but, uh, you know, like, like really taking in all of these, uh, information points, data points, and then thinking, oh, could I apply that to this other right. thing to make people right. better? And like, and like, and like hearing you talk about posture and, and 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 things you use in ballet, and then hearing you talk about, you know, uh, you know, like being explosive, you know, in your um, not not only in your your sprinting and hurdling days, but but as a uh, Olympic bobsledder, right? And then uh, you know, leverage and all of these other things. Like like at no point did you say. Oh no, I'm I'm just a track runner, and therefore I'm only going to listen to, uh, you know, track people, right. right? That was something that I always like had a, like an issue with of you know running in track and field. Track and field was probably the first time in college that I was like, okay, I'm a runner. This is what I'm doing. And like Pete was saying in high school, I kind of dabbled in a bunch of different things and liked to play basketball. Started rowing crew, and it was just this like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at all of these, but I don't I don't know if I want to commit wholeheartedly to one. And then in college, it was right. like. Yeah, that's kind of how, how it operates. And um, I feel like all of us 
are attracted to a level of camaraderie within that group. And I think whether you're talking about, you know, going to the all boys school, want to transfer, you know, go to a, a larger um, environment or a different environment. I think finding that group of people that for me, track and field is a super individual running is a super individual sport, but there's an element of like, we all have a job to do when we start on that, when we're standing on that starting line. And regardless of what place you come in, it's that group, it's all of the, the miles that you log, the training runs, all of that stuff. And I feel like all of us here at one point worked together and it was just like this, this outside of doing what we're doing and we, we love what we're doing and helping build hydro. It was this like feeling of, oh, there's like this background that we have that we're able to kind of feel that camaraderie again. And I feel like that's something that, especially in individual sports and rowing is kind of the ultimate team sport, um, you know, but when it comes to small boats, it really is an individual sport. And it's something that like, that is just something you can never be underestimated when, when you look at that. You know, I, I, I also think about uh, how we challenge each other. Right. I mean, I've gone yeah, back great. and forth, you know, uh, recently we've been talking a lot about uh, running and, uh, you know, and like, like rowing and running, like like using bo- both of these uh, these sports to, to get fitter, get get stronger. But what I like is, you know, I, I, I'll go back and forth with with Pete about uh, mileage and and how like, you know, under my German tutelage, you know, uh, rowing under Hartman Buschbacher, uh, coming off that East German system that was extremely high mileage, you know, I came in thinking, oh, you know, this is the this is the answer. And Pete goes, it's not the only answer. And, in fact, you know, and, 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 and like in no way are any of us complacent, right? But yeah, but great. also we're not hard-headed enough to be like, no, right? I'm like, no, I'll I'll hear you out. And 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 through that, I've learned so much. Um, so I I mean I appreciate so great. that. I think I think this group here, every one of us, you know, while we've had some accomplishments in our lives, we're still students. You know, we still want to hear like, oh, how can I learn a little bit more about that? How can I learn to do this a little bit better? How can I you know, I, I want to learn. This is very, I'm curious about this. You know, there's been so much more um, uh, uh, scientific research that's gone into the movement sports, you know, into um, improving performance, uh, improving recovery, getting an athlete from point A to point B. <clears throat> and in some cases here in the United States, it's the difference between, you know, uh, a job or a $10 million contract, whatever you do. So one of the things I wanted to uh, come back to was, you know, like I was born and raised in Ireland and uh, sports were not part of that, uh, were not part of your school. Like there was a school sports, but it was not a sport. So, so when you went to university, you were not, you're not like, you're a swimmer, you're going to swim. You're a rower, you're going to row. It was like, no, I went to university, but as soon as I was done with my classes, I jumped on the bus and I went to either the track club or I went to the rugby club or I, you know, or whatever it is that I did. It was track at that time because I had, uh, um, I got my first international cap. So I represented Ireland when I was uh, 20 years of age. And that was like, wow, I can go someplace with this, but you did it inside of a club. So the the clubs are very different than than the universities. So when you, you know, it's, and this is, this is kind of an unfortunate system, I think in the U S where, you, you get this incredible intensity for these four years. And then what happens at the end of it? Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as I was done with university, I was still a member. Of, I'm still today a member of my track club. I just go for socials every, you know, five years. But 
I'm still a member of that track club. So I could still have been a member of the track club and having a career and having a family. So, you know, in hindsight, it didn't seem like it was the way to go. Like, oh, America's where it's all at. But really, it's actually it's actually a pretty darn good system. Yeah. Both, both Pete and James, you guys represented your countries at relatively young ages. Pete just said 20 and you were probably 20. Yeah, I was 20. And like I, I went to small D3 liberal arts school, college, you know, ran, had some success, graduated, moved out west, started working and was always like athletics are a part of my life, but they're not going to be what I'm doing. And then I didn't really represent the U.S. until 26, 27, 28, somewhere around there in 2014, 15 um, as a U.S. triathlete. And that for me was like. For that, I guess my question is like the, the progression that it took me to get there was something that was a weird, like, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm good enough. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's see, but I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. Do you guys think that having that success relatively young did something to your confidence, did something to like how you, how you laid out the next five years? Like, did you think of a plan? Did you think of where the Olympics come in? Like, did you start at a very young age? Have yeah. to like, put together a plan of, of your athletic success versus I feel like mine was much more like, oh, we'll see. Well, let's just keep training, keep being smart, but let's, let's yeah. never put all the eggs in one basket. And I think to my downfall, I, I think that that's, I was always too concerned about, well, what if I fail? So I never ultimately put all of my eggs in one basket. But like, do you find at such a young age, you were able to, to, to yeah. see, look at it differently? Um, so, you know, one of the things I often say to young athletes is you got to make sure that you get together with a good coach and a good coach will see what your potential is, or will see what they see that you don't see our own noise, our own emotions, our own, you know, uh, uh, psychological environment is like, I don't know if I'm good enough to do that. I don't know. So, you know, like being chosen to represent Ireland at 20 years of age was great. But that wasn't just this straight on tra trajectory. Um, I, I, I did that for about two years. And then I set about the goal of trying to make the Barcelona Olympic Games. And I, and I had some good success leading up to that. But then an injury prevented me from competing in the Barcelona Games in 1992. That'll just tell you how old I am. But um, so I decided, all right, I'm, I'm going to push forth for the next four years. And I changed coaches. I was in the United States and I was with a coach who wanted me to run more mileage because, you know, he thought about things a little differently. And I didn't have enough of, of an understanding of the physiology. Like all I had to do is really look at my background and go, wait a second. I was at my fastest when I played rugby. So um, I, I struggled with that. And I often say that, uh, you know, success is very relative. It's a, it's a funny word and it's a very loaded word. And success is really having a great relationship to failure. So I lost a lot of races, guys. Like I lost a lot of races before I ever won races. And I might have gone into some races thinking I'm shit hot. And, you know, and I just like got destroyed. So, but like, you know, I could have said, that's not for me. I got to try a different sport. That's not for me. Or else you just like, okay, let's try again. Okay, let's try again. Yeah. So in 1996, I just thought, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm beating myself up here, trying to hit this number with 400 meter hurdles. And I didn't really have the right environment, the right coaching or the right financial support to help me along. So that's when the opportunity for me to go to uh, 
Austria to learn how to be a bobsledder came about because they're like, you're big, you got a diverse background in your sport, and you can sprint. Let's try it out and see how it goes. Two years later, I'm at the 1998 Winter Olympic Games. So Amazing. have a great relationship to failure because failure doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, really, when I was at the, my last games of the 2002 Olympic Games, and I remember one of the uh, U.S. bobsledders, uh, Todd Hayes, came into the room. He says, well, he said, I just want you to all to know. And there was about 25, 30 of us there who had all reached the final, the final race, the final day of the Olympic Games. And he said, we are some of the most messed up people on the planet because we want our dads to be proud of us. We want to feel like we're good enough. We want to feel like we're worthy. We want to feel like I might not be as smart, but I want to be an Olympic athlete. And this is one of the reasons why many athletes, many Olympic athletes end up being three-time, four-time, and sometimes five-time Olympians. I actually have a buddy of mine. And the hardest part of that transition for him was what it meant, you know, because it means so much to a lot of people at that time in their lives. It's a valuable time. You never want to miss it. But um, it's, um, you know, it, it can break you. It can destroy you if you don't have a healthy way of relating to failure. I, I, I totally agree with that. And, and just to try, chime in on, on Nick's question of, of finding success early, I think the, yeah. the, the biggest thing that it did was it, it made me a better coach. And I, and I think uh, growing as a coach never, never ends. I mean, there's, there's always new science c- c- coming in. You're, you know, uh, you know, you, you meet someone special like a, a, a Peter Donahoe, uh, you know, that, that, that shapes the way you, you look at things. Um, a lot of the times when, when people seek me out, it's because maybe there, there is a, a talented uh, young rower that's showing a lot of pro, uh, promise and people want to make sure not to, to mess them up. And, and, and I know the different things, stages along my career oh. and the different, different traps I fell in that completely derailed me. Um, and, sure. uh, you know, that, 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 that's where I, I take my experiences of finding that success and, and being derailed and, and hopefully, you know, fix some of those things so that that athlete could hopefully, you know, line up at, at the Olympic games, uh, you know, somewhere right. down the road, but, uh, yeah, like, like you can't stop learning. Uh, you know, you I, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I think a lot of sports, they just take this one blueprint and they say, Hey, you know, like, like th- th- this is it. And you can't just take your coach's handbook yeah. and take it as your own. You need to make it your own because not you're going to articulate concepts differently. Your experiences are different, but, but the, the biggest thing is, and, and uh, my, my coach Hart, Hartman that taught me a lot, the biggest thing I took away from him is you have to coach the individual. Um, yeah, it's great. You know, that they aren't you. You know what yeah. what, what ha- happened to you. You need to coach the individual, yeah. both physically, mechanically, and yeah. mentally. Uh, you, you need to be there to, to uh, nurture it's, that. It's talent. true. You know, all all four of us could go on the same training plan for the next six months, but all four of us would have very different outcomes, very different results, because we are very different. And, you know, and it's like you, we might need to lean into somebody's uh, uh, movement patterns and their, their mechanics, their function, or we might need to lean into somebody's power a little bit more. But I just want to add one, one last point there. And, and Nick had brought it up about success at an early age. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because sometimes you can have that success at an early age and then think this, this is what I deserve. And then any t- anything that doesn't get you there, 
it's like it's a heartbreak it's like i failed but at the same time it can also be a motivator sorry my dog's gonna go to bar it's also a nice motivator to go i was able to do that let me stay focused and keep working with the people see how far that can take me so yeah, i think it's great a combination of physical ability mental ability especially when you get to that at such a young age to be able to have the mental that whatever you want to call it will uh fortitude like like just discipline of don't perseverance get, yeah like you're stubborn where you're, you're only as good as the your time you're only as good as that, that mark that you posted yeah um, but uh, no, I think that these perspectives are super relatable to a lot of people, and regardless of, of athletics or or life in general, careers. And um, Pete, can't thank you enough for your perspective. And um, absolute pleasure. We, we have very different paths to get here, but it's always thinking back about how you guys are all in my life now. It's a very an honor to be able to do this, and uh, thank you guys oh. for your time. And um, well, and Pete, where, where where can people find you outside of this podcast? Uh, great. You can always find me uh, on uh, Instagram by looking up Donahoe Training, D-O-N-O-H-O-E Training. Um, or you can uh, reach out to me at uh, info at DonahoeTraining.com. So delighted to help, delighted to be able to uh, do this with you guys and delighted to work with you guys at Hydro. It's amazing. Hey, hey Pete, before we, we, we let you go, we go yes, through rapid fire questions and you just have to answer real quick and you guys just don't Great. go in tangents uh so first questions what's your go-to snack my go-to snack um eggs a secret hobby or interest of yours um um gliding cool uh what's the last hard workout you did Uh, live 10 minute on the hydro last week. <laughs> you could tag along with any athlete. Who would it be? Dead or alive. Um, I'll tell you who I'd love to do that. Uh, hang out with is uh, Jesse Owens. Cool. And our last question is what's your favorite quote, mantra advice that you live by? Um, the way I look at it is, um, you know, this is, we'll have ups, ups and downs in our lives, but they're only moments in our lives. They're not your life. Cool. Love it. Thank right. you so much, Pete. Pete Thank you guys. James. Thanks, best. James. We'll see you soon. Bye, Bye gang. Bye. Bye. Bye.